again, always choir, thank you uh, for, for all your ministry to us and for the ways that uh, that particular anthem, boy, it speaks right to what we're doing this morning. Lord, order my steps through your word to think about God's word in Jesus Christ, to think about our one word that God is giving you and the way that God would order our lives in and through that. Thank you for that blessing. Just kind of ties right in with everything we're doing. I want to lift up, um, again, one additional, or coming back to what Brian read from 1 Kings, the 19th chapter, uh, toward the end of that particular reading. And again, to recap this story, Elijah has gone up on the mountaintop, and as he's gone up on the mountain, uh, he's been up there, and the gale force wind blows across the mountain, and then there's an earthquake that shakes the mountain, and then there comes the fire. And after all of that, after the wind, the wind and the earthquake and the fire, we see all of that, there comes a silence. And some of you may know that particular word, I don't know what that is in Hebrew, I should have looked it up because the translations of that particular word are multiple. You know, this, the, the new NRSV, the New Revised Standard calls, says there's this sheer silence and God speaks out of the sheer silence. But you may know from the King James, it says there was a still small voice. That may be a translation, are you familiar with it? That God came to Elijah on the mountain in the still small voice. And other translations say it was a quiet whisper. And other translations say it was a gentle uh, blowing or breathing. And so, you know, but there's that sense of mystery in the sense of how out of that mystery God begins to communicate in the midst of the silence, in the midst of the stillness, in the midst of the quietness, how God begins to communicate God's word to Elijah. And so I just want to lift up again from, um, from our reading this morning. You know, I'm not going to do this because I got on my readers and I actually can't see the word this morning. <laughs> <laughs> True confessions, <laughs> you know, it's kind of one of these things, I just put these on for looks. <laughs> I left my glasses at my kid's house, I'm, I'm half blind, so <laughs> anyway, well, we just kind of go from there. <laughs> Sorry about all that. <laughs> Truth hurts. <laughs> Let me pray for us <laughs> and for me. <laughs> oh, gracious God, we do give you thanks for all the ways that you would speak to our lives, for the ways that you would bring forward um, the witness of the scriptures, the story of the scriptures, that they might be the story of our lives, that you would speak to us a word through the scripture and it might become your word to us, a word that would, we'd believe in, a word that would become alive in us, a word that we would live into. You would order our steps by that word and a word that would, would guide us into how you would be at work. And so, Lord, as we come into these moments, we ask that we might be those who listen, listen closely, carefully, deeply to the quiet, to the still small voice, to the ways that you would speak to our hearts of how you would lead us today. In and through Jesus Christ, our Lord, in whose name we pray. Amen. As those of you who were here last week, and for those of you who weren't here last week, this particular sermon series, this is a sequel in the series. It's the second uh, within the context of the series called My One Word. 
It's based off a book by Mike Ashcraft and uh, Rachel Olson entitled My One Word. And, and so as we moved through the series last week, what we looked at was the power of the word. And we brought forward the whole premise of the series. And the premise of the series is written before us in the window where we have a God who says, behold, I make all things new. And that's true from the very beginning, from the first chapter, the opening chapter of Genesis. It's true all throughout the prophets. I love the word from the prophets where, where uh, Isaiah speaks and says, I'm doing a new thing, do you not perceive it? All the way to the Revelation where these are the words from the Revelation where God says, behold, I make all things new. It is the character of God to be a creating God to be a God who's always at work, and as God is at work, God is making all things new. And we see how this creation, creating aspect of God comes into a, a, to a climax, to a fullness, and we celebrated that a, a couple of weeks ago in the birth of Jesus Christ. Because what we believe as people of faith is that when Jesus comes, here is the one who is the creator who is becoming part of the creation, so that he might create in us. And John, the Gospel of John phrases it out like this, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning, and all things were made through Him, and without Him was not anything made that was made. In Him was life, and the life is the light of us all. And the light shines in the darkness, and the darkness can never overcome it. And I tell you, this is an aside in this particular uh, message, but I loved it last week, and maybe you did too, when the acolytes came forward and trying to extinguish the Advent candles. We had the Advent up, wreath up here last week, and they went around and they put out every light, except they could not put out the Christ candle. I hope you all know, I'm going to preach on that sometime. That's going to become a much more expanded sermon. But I tell you, that is so beautiful. It is such a witness. In him was life, and the life is the light of us all, and the light shines in the darkness. The darkness can never put it out. It was right there, right before us. And so, you know, we saw that, and so we, ha we have the word Jesus comes as the word, and what you and I do is we believe in Jesus. We believe in that word, and as you and I believe in that word, what we are believing in is the, is the power that makes all things new, the, the creating power. All things are made in through him, and so as we take him into our hearts and our lives, we need to understand that when he comes to you and he comes to me, it's not to leave things the way they are. It's not to leave things the same, but it's to, go to, it's to go to work in you and it's to go to work in me. And to do something new and to do something new in you and to do something new in me. And so the series works off that premise that, that the word is at work in you and at work in me, doing something good, doing something of God doing something that we would listen to and focus on and find one word for one way that God would at work, be at work in you. And that's the question that we left last week we, as we worked, walked out of worship. That was the question. You know, what is the one word that God is giving you for the one way that God is at work in you? in the year 2019. What is that one word? And as we left worship, it's always interesting to me, some folks have that word immediately. I mean, I had people go out the door, they said, I know my word, you know. Person said, my word is peace. 
because I come into these moments and I come into the year ahead and I know what I need God to give me and I know what I need God to work in me and that's peace. The word was peace just came, came right on. Another person said the word was patience. And I amen that. I Probably that would be a word for about half. <laughs> no, that's, a, that's a good word. I loved last week when the kids were up front. And as, as the kids were up front, um, Ethan, I loved your word. The word about kindness. About, and you may remember the whole notion of the kids at school, you know, not, not being kind to each other. And so the word was kindness, how to work kindness as a witness. And so, you know, for some folks, the, the word is immediate and obvious. And for other folks, it's, it just doesn't happen that way. For other folks, it's like, you know what? I don't know what my word is. I want to listen. You know, I want to listen. But, but I'm not quite sure how to listen. And today, what we're going to be doing today is we're going to be learning about listening. And we're going to, and as we listen, as we go through this particular uh, message, uh, and as we think about how to find out an answer to what is God's word to you, I want to know that, that if you, as we're on that journey, we have good company. For Elijah, in the scripture this morning, was the man of God without a word from God. You know? He was a man from God without a word from God. And I tell you, when, the pro- when you're the prophet of God, you need to have a word from God. And so for Elijah not to have a word from God was a life-threatening proposition. And we saw that in the opening part of the text. So everybody was out to get him because he didn't have that word from, from God that he needed to have from God. And so for him to know that one word was of ultimate importance for him. I tell you, it's important for us too. Because the question that God asked Elijah in the text this morning is a question I believe God asks all, asked to me and asked to you too, is like, what are you doing here, Elijah? You know, you can put your name in that last blank. What are you doing here, Paul? What are you doing here? You know, you, you know we ask the question to ourselves. That's the question that God asks in the text. What are you doing here? And that one word is the one way that God gives you and I to answer that, that question. And so what Elijah does is Elijah goes on, a, um, he goes on a pilgrimage. At the opening part of the scripture, it says that he walked for 40 days and 40 nights. You need to know that, that when it talks about 40 days of anything in the Bible, that's always a spiritual transforming time. I mean, when Noah's on the ark for 40 days and 40 nights, something's happening within Noah's life and within the life of the world. When the, when the uh, Israelites are wandering around in the wilderness for 40 years, there's a transformation going on with that. When Jesus is in the wilderness for 40 days, there's a transformation. Anytime there's 40, it is a spiritual journey. So Elijah goes on the spiritual journey. He goes from Beersheba, which is up near the Dead Sea. He goes to Mount Horeb, which is Mount Sinai, which is the bottom of the Sinai Peninsula. And so he makes this long journey so that he can get the word from God. A pilgrimage to get the word from God. And we heard about the prelude with the, you know, the wind and the earth and the fire. We heard about all that and we heard how in the stillness, that's where God speaks to Elijah. And that's where God speaks to you. And that's where God speaks to me. In the stillness, in the quietness, And what it invites us to do is to listen very, very closely and very, very carefully to how the Holy Spirit would speak into your spirit 
into your soul about what God would be doing in your life. Because see what happens when God asks the question, what are you doing? It is again based in the premise that God wants to be doing something in you and through you. The question has an answer. The answer is something we just need to pay attention to so we can hear. And so what we're going to be doing today is I'm going to be preaching a, a, a process, actually. I don't do this very often. I'm going to have to make it really quick. But we're going, to make a, we're going to take a pilgrimage. And it's not 40 days. It's four steps. And each of the steps start with D. And so if you're a note taker, you might want to take notes. And if you're not a note taker, and I don't want you to kind of just check out in the sermon right now, but I am going to put this in the church newsletter. And so, so if you can't remember everything, you know, don't freak out about it but just get ready to go on the pilgrimage because the four Ds, the, the, the four-step process, it's a listening process. It's a way to proactively get to the place where God wants you and I to be in terms of how to hear that word. And the first word, the first step in the process is describe. And so when you think about describe, what I want you to do is to think in your mind about three people you admire, not because of what they've accomplished, but because of who they are as human beings. People that you think of, this person is a quality human being. And so I want you to think about those three. And I want you to take out a piece of paper and a pen when you get home or whenever you're going to do this. And, and just start writing down words just that describe the qualities in them, the trait, the characteristics in them that you see are, are just worthy. Things that you think, this is what makes this person somebody that's just a great person. And just make your list. Make your list as long as you can. So you write, write all of that down. And after, you know, think about one person. Write a bunch of words. Think about the second. Bunch of words. Third person. Bunch of words. Okay. So you write all it down. And you take that piece of paper and you set it aside. Because in any of the processes, what happens is it has to have time to percolate. So you take it. You set it aside. Then you take out a second piece of paper. And this is not about somebody else. This is about you. And then the second piece of paper, what you begin to write down is, here's our qualities, here's our characteristics, our traits. I would like to see God grow in me. And don't come out of a negative place when you do that. Don't come out and say, well, I don't like this about myself. Don't, don't do it that way. Do it at a place where you're saying, you know what? There are things that, as I look at my life, that would make my life better and make my life more beautiful, make my life more what, what I would desire. And you just start making that list. And just like with any time you're brainstorming, don't, don't let reason get in the way. <laughs> you know what I mean? Don't, don't slow yourself. Just start writing down, writing down, writing down, and make that list as long as possible. And so you have two pieces of paper, both with, hopefully, with a pretty long list. And then what you do is you put the list together and you see are there any places where they overlap. And you just want to pay attention to the overlap because the overlap is, you know, you've seen something in somebody else that you, that you think, this is great, and you see, hey, this is what I'd want, and, and, and just something to pay attention to. So what you do is you take both lists, you set them aside, and you pray about them. Because that's like Sabbath. You know, things need to kind of lie fallow for a while so you can think about it, so you can let it percolate. Because what's going to happen is there's going to be a couple words that that grow on you, you know, that God's going to grow in you. And so the first step is to describe. The second step is to define. 
And defined is when we come to an intellectual understanding of the words that are important to you. And so what I want to do, what I invite you to do then, is you look down these lists and you pick out three words off the lists. I know that might be kind of hard to do, but, but there's going to be some words on there that you resonate with, that you think hold particular promise for you. That as you look at them, you say, you know what, this really intrigues me, what this might be like for my life. And so you pick out three of those. And as you pick out those three, when you come into the notion of defining it, the first thing I'm going to ask you to do is to have a, a, a dictionary definition, a Webster definition. So again, you get out a piece of paper. <laughs> Each word, by the way, is going to get its own individual piece of paper. So you get out a piece of paper, you see what Webster says, and you copy down that definition at the top of your page. A word, Webster definition. Okay, and you do that for all three of your words. The second thing you do as you're defining the word is that you define it from a scriptural perspective. Not simply a Webster dic dic dictionary perspective, a scriptural perspective. You find your word or a synonym for your word in the scriptures. Now you say, you know what, I'm not quite sure how to do that because the Bible's really big and it's got lots of words and I don't know where I'm going to find my word in the scripture. Let me share with you, and again, I'll put this in the notes. There, there's a website called BibleGateway.com. Think of the Golden Gate Bridge. You can think of St. Louis as the gateway. You know, I don't know. Think of a gateway. It's the, the Bible is a gateway, you know. But it's like BibleGateway.com. You Google that, what will come up is a, is a web page. And at the, in that web page, it'll say, type your word here. <laughs> and you'll type your word there. And it will ask you what translation you want. Just, you know, uh, we use the NRSV here. But you just pick out a translation of the Bible that you like. And, you know, you, you put that in there. You, press find it, it will bring up every place in the Bible where your word is. And to me, that's great. It's easy. And as it's great and easy, you know, you do that and you just write down two or three scriptures. Don't write down every scripture, just two or three that really speak to you. And if you're a person, if you're a person that doesn't use computers, we have a library here at the church and we have a book in the library called Strong's Exhaustive Concordance. And it's one of the fattest books in the library. That's probably how to find it. And what Strong did, and this to me is so amazing, he took his entire life looking at every word in the Bible and what verse it was in. <laughs> and he cataloged it. And then he took those page after page after page forever. And uh, man, oh man. So you can go to Strong's Exhaustive Concordance. We'll have that in the, uh, in the uh, office uh, to help you if, you if you want to use that. But anyway, you find your, your word in the scripture. Write that down. Then the third part of the defining is this. After you've done Webster, after you've done the Bible, you do you. You write down in your own words what you think your word means. Because I want to tell you, friends, that's really the working definition. What you understand it to mean is really what it means for you, and that's what you're going to work off of. So you do that for each of your three words. You get to a place of definition. The third step in the process is discern. And discern is not about intellectual understanding. Discern is about emotional impact. When you, when you come to the discern phase, what you do is, again, you take out three pieces of paper, each for your word, and uh, each for your three words. Each page gets a, a word. And you write your word at the top, and then after that, you write on the page, what if? What if this word came true in my life? What if God worked this word forward in my life? What would that be like for me? What would that be like for my family? What would that be like for my friends? What would that be like for the people around me? What would that be like for our community? What would that be like if God would work 
that word in me. I want to tell you, friends, it's important that you understand what life would be like if God and as God works that forward in you because that's your internal motivation. Your impact, your personal impact statement, as specific as you can get it, is your internal motivation. The more specific you can make it, the stronger it's going to be. And so you write that down for each word. And again, you put that aside, you let it percolate. And what will happen is you let things percolate. You're going to come to a place in those three words after a couple of days where the fourth step is this, you decide. Because you've gone through a listening process, and as you've gone through a listening process, now it's time for the leap of faith. Now it's time for you to say, you know what, as I looked at all of this, this is the word that I connect with, that connects with me, where I think God would be growing this in me, and you make a decision, you make a determination that this is my word for 2019. And as you make that determination, let me kind of assure you of three things. First of all, never worry that you got the wrong word. You know, sometimes, I, oh my, I had so many words at the beginning, how do I know that this is the right word? You know, every word that you had at the beginning could be the right word. God could work in and through every word that you had that you started out with. God, God could use them all. They're, they're all good words. But what you've done is you've gone through a process where, where you've kind of come and you've focused in and you step forward and you say, you know what, I think this is where God is leading me. And there's an integrity in that. I just want to let you know, there's a, you, what you've done is important. There's an integrity in and just so trust in that. Don't worry, God may use some other word next year, but this, word, this year, this is the word for you. So first of all, don't worry. Second thing is belief. Believe that God has been at work in and through this whole process. I love Philippians, the second chapter. When you get to the 12th and 13th verses, here's what the apostle says. He says, work out your own salvation in fear and in trembling because God is at work in you to both will and to work for God's good pleasure. See, as you and I have gone through the process, as we've listened and as we've prayed, we need to understand not only, you know, we're working out our own salvation right in there and in fear and trembling because God is at work. And we need to believe that. That in the midst of all of this, it's not simply about what I'm doing, what you're doing. It's about what God is doing alongside with us. That's what the apostle says. You work it out in fear and trembling, knowing that God is at work within you, both to will and to work for God's good pleasure. And then the last thing we need to understand is to be confident. To be confident that when you focus in on what you think, you believe God wants to do in you, be confident that God will do it. Again, back in Philippians, is one of my favorite um, books in the Bible, and Philippians 1 says this, he who began a good work in you will be faithful to complete it in Christ Jesus. You know, when you start out with God and God starts out with you and you start listening, you need to know that that, that word that you center in, that God's going to bring that, God's going to be doing something with that and working something with that. And completion is about, in, in the scriptures, it's about wholeness. It's about fullness. That's what God's going to be working, the fullness of that word in you. Because Christ Jesus loves you and loves me. You know, we go through this process because we believe in the Word. 
the Word who is Jesus Christ. And we believe that Jesus Christ comes to you and to me to make a difference in our lives. And the difference that we think is going to be made in this year, you know, we've listened, we listen for that. And as we listen for that, God speaks in the sheer silence, in the still small voice, in the gentle whisper to lead you into the one way that God would be at work in your life in the year ahead. In the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, let's pray together. Gracious God, we give you thanks that even as you come in the Word made flesh, Jesus Christ, that you invite us to believe in him in ways that your word would enter into our lives, into our flesh, to make a, a difference of grace and of truth. And so for that blessing, we give you thanks. For the ways that you would grow us in that grace, we give you thanks. For the ways that one word would lead us ever deeply into that truth, we give you thanks and praise. Even as we lift up this prayer, as we lift up ourselves, as we lift up the year that's ahead, in Jesus Christ, our Lord, in whose name we pray. Amen. Invite us to stand to join together singing in our closing hymn, Be Thou My Vision. Second verse I love, Be Thou My Wisdom and Thou My True Word. So let's sing together. <laughs>